Join me as usual is our Glate correspondent, Mr. Marcus Green in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good to be back. I'm glad to uh, have that that moniker of the Glate correspondent, but it's as great as these two shows we got to review were. So. Yes, you're absolutely right. The first show is the Versus show, which was Glate against visitors from other organizations. Uh, some we've seen before, some we haven't seen before. And next was more of a kind of standard house show. It was from Osaka, a Mudis guy, building Stanley Hall, which is, again, one of our favourite uh, names for any building anywhere, which um, kind of developed a lot of storylines a lot further um, than we've been used to. But we had some big-name matches on this particular show, um, and we had some interesting matches on the first show, certainly, and who they chose for what was really interesting. <laughs> it was a cool, cool wrestling show. Uh, Marcus, just to ask you, where do you think Glate's at at the moment? Because obviously you've kind of been into this promotion for around about a year along with me, and you've seen it grow. What do you think they are doing so well that's making them kind of must-see wrestling TV? Yeah, well, we talked about it, man. It's just, I think it's the, the main word is consistency. You know, between the, the roster, the quality of matches, the easy-to-follow stories, specifically as a, as a uh, an American fan, for somebody, you know, who may not be as familiar with these names, still getting familiar with these names, I should say, even after a year. But even without the commentary, it's easy to follow along. The matches are, are top-tier. Like I said, the, the guys are consistent in the, in the shows, whether it be intimate or they get to do, you know, some well like Cork and Hall is just... It's a great atmosphere all around. They seem to just have a great, great. They've got the right mix of the gumbo, and they, yeah. you know, extend their reach too much. They bring in names that that seem to fit, not these, you know, uh, wild names that that really wouldn't go along with the vibe of the show. And I think everything yeah. kind of mixes well together. Indeed, I think that's where we're at, isn't it? They know their limitations and they know where to push the boundaries and there was plenty of boundaries pushed in this particular show but we'll talk about that later uh the show opened with a lidette uwf rules match Minoru tanaka took on katara nasu four minutes and 15 seconds which is kind of going against the norm for this particular federation normally we start off with a big old tag match and we get things moving that way uh but in this particular case we started off with a shoot fight what's your thoughts on this one marcus Yeah, this was some, this was this was good. I always appreciate these UWF matches, as you know. Um, and you know Tanaka is uh, certainly a favorite in this regard. But uh, I think Nasu was bringing it to him. Nasu was bringing it to him, and I think he caught him uh, one good time and, and and got him. But I think this is definitely one. Uh, this was a tough bout for Tanaka, and, and I was definitely impressed by Nasu. But I think this is definitely one they could run back. I think it could have gone longer, but like I said, I think uh, uh, Katara was was pressing him, and, and Tanaka had to had to you know come in in the clutch, which which I always appreciate because they they make these matches so non predictable, you know. Yeah, I agree with. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Tanaka, living legend that he is, is always going to be hot favourite in a great match. Um, but the fact that this one was um, such an interesting story to tell. Nasu's obviously a heavyweight. He's a big hitter. So Tanaka's giving away a load of weight and Nasu tries to finish the match off as early as he possibly can with some big strikes. But it ends up with Tanaka just taking advantage of that and eventually just grinding the big man down and eventually taking a submission with a cross arm lock, which is kind of his bread and butter. But it showed you that these kind of matches don't have to be so technically drawn down. Like the next match we see is pretty technical, but there's a really good story being told in that one as well. Uh, whereas this first match was kind of like a blitz entertaining kind of style fight rather than a wrestling match, which is a nice variation because we've seen an awful lot of points decisions and, and uh, full-on grind-out matches, which are cool, and we both like them. But for a show where, a big show where you're entertaining people, you don't necessarily want that, so this match was really cool. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Also, this crowd is hot from the get-go, and that's what makes this show so good. <laughs> it really is these guys are going for it but you need a crowd to kind of egg people on and that's what they happened here is you had a big crowd they were really into the show it was a full house there was 1025 which is close to a sellout for Hurricane Hall also I noticed very female heavy audience like more than 50% female audience did you notice that? No, I didn't, but it, it, I mean, those are always interesting, you know, coming off of New Japan, uh, mostly, well, we know, you know, if it's more than 50% of a female audience, it's a, it's a Tanashi crowd, Tanahashi crowd. Yeah, uh, definitely. Feels like, and, uh, but with these, man, it's just, I mean, we always talk about how great the, the Japanese wrestling audience is in general. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, that's great. That, that's, again, speaks to the quality of these, uh, of this company. Yeah, definitely. Um, we can move on to the next match, which was another Lidette Rules match, which was based in um, uh, a tag team match this time, which featured Takanori Ito, our favourite guy, um, with Yu Iska, another one of the great regulars. They went up against guests, Hizeki Sikane and Hikuru Saito. Um, Sikane is from, he is, an, um, well, he's a freelancer, he was trained by Kayashi Tamura. He's a 12-year pro um, and generally spends most of his time as a singles wrestler in shoot-style matches. Um, Hideki Sakano is 49 years old. He's a freelancer too. Um, and his nickname is Shrek, which will give you an idea of really how he wrestles and what he looks like. Because <laughs> I have seen a lot of intimidating fighters and wrestlers in my time. But Hikaru Saito, good God. Just the, the presence he has just standing there, and he's double hard. And these guys went at it for 20 minutes and went to a time limit draw. And this was really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was a lot of back and forth action because you had a well balanced team, you had a technical wrestler and a monster on each team, and they followed the rules. They had a straight-up shoot fight. It was really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was one of my favourite matches of this year, I think. Even though it didn't get so much love from the cage match users, I just loved the way that this match was laid out. And again, it's kind of putting twist on that shoot-style format. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? 
No, just everything you said. I look, I we appreciate the cage match users, particularly for the website when we got to cover these shows. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know what they're talking about. I think maybe their decision got to something to do with the actual decision of the match because when they did the time limit draw, I was pissed. I almost threw something at my computer. <laughs> I, I was like, like literally, it just started getting the fireworks going because it, you know, like you said, this was two technicals, two horses. Uh, Sakane is like that Shrek thing is, is spot on because that man is scary. Scary. <laughs> he's mean. He got the hair. He's thick. Like it's like I wouldn't have wanted any smoke with him during this match at all. Like it's uh yeah he he really is that that guy and it, it got some a lot of intimidating guys on this show but he specifically stood out. But yeah, this felt like a chess match to start out with. Like I said. There's so many elements to appreciate about these UWF matches. Um, but it started out like a chess match and filling each other out, and then it started turning up. And when those those numbers started dropping on screen, I was like, okay, now we're turning up. And the minute it started turning up, we got the draw. So I'm hoping, almost praying, that they run this back um, and, and almost give it 30 minutes. I know you, you specifically like a good time limit on a match, but they could have threw it out for this one. Like this was a... This was a fight for every type of match, and I wish they could have did it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, yeah, Sikani is just ace. He's just big dude. I don't think I've seen a nose more broken than his nose. <laughs> it's, like, it's got breaks on top of breaks. I think his entire bone must be, his entire nose must be made of scar tissue and cartilage. Um, but yeah, it's, sorry. No, it's, it's one of those things like Hakani, like he, he's so, he's jacked. He's got that look, but he also has a weathered look to him as well, which, which yeah. speaks to what you're saying about um, his, uh, you know, with the nose thing. But it's like it makes him scary. It's like those, like one of those dragons on uh, Game of Thrones, where it's like that dragon's been through some crap, but it's still the scariest thing that you've ever seen. <laughs> it's one of the few guys. Like I'm just, I'm just looking up now to find some more background on it, and um, like he obviously he's a former shoot fighter. He's, or uh, some of the big promotions and at one point he had a shaved crew cut and he didn't look as scary as he does with full hair <laughs> like he needs a wild haircut because it makes him look even scarier it makes him look even more unpredictable and badass it's a bit strange but he's he's cool and yeah right I absolutely want to see this fight again I definitely want to see this fight again I want to see more of Hideki and I want to see more of Sato as well um, Sato is just cool as too you know he's got uh, a certain level of presence about him as well. But it was, I mean, of course, with the 20-minute draw, they can go at it again, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And with Glee's booking, because they, they ran a match back on the next show that I definitely wanted to see coming off of this card in a singles edition. So I'm hoping they uh, actually hear us, because I do feel like they uh, they listen to us on this show, specifically with the, uh, the title card for the names. Um <laughs> So hopefully they do run it back for their, like the the next uh, maybe thirty seven. It is yes, it is. Um, we do have more title cards on this show than we did on previous shows. Have they been listening to us? As uh, the boss of Suzuki, who is the boss of the bet, does retweet and like all of our podcasts. I'm just like they're just sat listening to us and going, hmm, we should do that, <laughs> <laughs> which would be weird. But there you go. Uh, next up, we had some Joshi royalty in town as Miki Iwata and Tamaki Inaba 
take on the hometown girls of Maya Fukuda and Michio Miyagi in a UWF rules match. Uh, Tomoka Inabi is the current Just Tap Out champion. That is, of course, um, the promotion of... Um, Oh. <laughs> oh, God, it's just gone out of my head. Zack Sabre Jr.'s former manager, Suzuki Gun, guy was in WWE, FMW, every promotion on earth. And it's not, it's not Shimmer, it's not. Tap out wrestling is fun. Just tap out. Yes, just Takamichi Noku got there in the end. Why didn't I? Why did I forget his name? Sendai Girls. <laughs> yeah, so me, Miki Wiktawata was from, is from Sendai Girls. Uh, hand-picked and trained by Mako Satomura. Tomoko Inabi is trained by, as you probably imagine, the living legend, but don't tell him that in front of him, Miki uh, Takemichinoku. Inaba is incredibly poised for only being a three-year borough. And of course, Mayo Fukuda, who is um, the latest prospect, the first trainee of the Glade Dojo, and she has been having a rough time in her first year, as you expect all Japanese rookies to do. Uh, Michiko Miyagi, who is, of course, the leader of the pack in this particular roster, as far as the women are concerned. And this, again, was another exciting Ledette Rules match with the women. Uh, UWF Rules match with the women. Um, <laughs> Michiko Miyagi, like, slapping Fukuda on the back, going, you got this! And actually hurting her. <laughs> she, like, she smiled at it, she was like, oh. So, yeah, um, but this was a really, probably the best women's tag matches we've seen in this format. It was much more even, um, but you can still say Fukuda's fighting from underneath. But Miyagi managed to help her out a lot of the time. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, first time I saw Miyagi, I was captivated by her, but I've really fallen, um, really fallen for uh, Fukuda uh, because she's just, she got that 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 great underdog story fighting back from under. Like she coming to these matches undersized and certainly necessarily don't have the the strength, uh, the match all the power I should say to match a competitor. But she always comes with the spirit. Unfortunately, Wata was having none of that. <laughs> she gave my poor girl hell. Um. In this match, and one thing I do appreciate about this UWF rules, it doesn't have the franticness that comes with the tag matches in terms of needing to break up a tag or whatever. Like you have your partner there, but essentially, it's kind of like you handle, you handle your bout, I handle my bout type of deal, uh, which Miyagi kind of stood back and let Fukita do. But I don't even know if she wanted to tag out. Um, <laughs> she unfortunately, what she did because she was getting worked. Um, like you said, she's had a hell of a year, but I think that's a great building foundation for, for you know, in the years to come. Because obviously, like you said, she's getting put through her paces. But, um, yeah, I just I just think it's, it's fundamental building. She's, she needs to be tagged on somebody like Miyagi, who's also, you know, had an interesting year, which we've talked about. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think somebody like Awata is going to be one of those mounts for the venture to get over and it's going to be fun to watch. But right now she just needs to maybe, um, you know, go back to the drawing board a little bit and, and, and kind of knock off some, some competitors more and uh, maybe in her experience. Cause Wato was just on a different level. Uh, Wato has been insane since she was a rookie, but 
and, and, and an arbor as well. I mean, like, you know, you look at an arbor and you're watching her wrestle, and she has so much poison brace and she can work shoot style. And you see her in like regular matches as well. She's just a stud. Um, and three years is phenomenal for that kind of presence, um, especially in the shoot style. Because, you know, making shoot style entertaining, as we discussed, is not the easiest thing. And this is kind of, this was the assignment. And it was like, you're going to have a shoot match, but it's got to keep this hot crowd hot. You can't let them like boil, go off the boil. And they did exactly as they said. And Iwata is just magic, absolute magic as a wrestler. Her striking has always been pinpoint accuracy and really, really stiff. Or in this environment where she can work her submissions in as well, I'm just watching her work this grobbit on Miyagi at the moment, and it just looks vicious. <laughs> I'm going to take this head home with me. And she she is double tough as well. You know, she's again, she's 28, I think. And she has much more presence than 26. Yeah, she has much more presence than her age would say. But then again, she's been an eight-year pro. She's been up and down the roads with Sendai Girls for quite some time. And why this is the reason why Glate used her on these big matches. You know, the Sendai Girls can't afford to send Hash and Dash Jisaka all the time because they need them. <laughs> They're the big draw. And it's especially someone like Iwata, who's a bit vicious, is the ideal person to get to Coder over because, you know, um, she don't care none. So she's going to beat the hell out of people. And that's what she's there to do, to make Fukuda get that sympathy. And that's what's happening in this match is, you know, they absolutely blasted one another through the majority of this matchup. And eventually, the Fukuda fell to palm strikes, of all things. There was one major kick and some palm strikes, and that was what knocked out Fukuda. But as they were going into that nine minutes, they were 3-3. So they knocked some points off. It was, yeah, it's... It's thoroughly entertaining stuff and one of the best matches on the card as well, I think. No, absolutely. And we, uh, <laughs> to say that and, and knowing what we finna talk about next is, is that you know how good this show was. <laughs> Indeed. So, next match up was a special guest. Oh, a couple of special guests. Um, Ashley Frimble, one of them's from AEW, believe it or not. As uh, Bandido made his great debut, I'm making sure I missed anyone out. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> uh, Bandido made his great de- debut, tagging with his old tag team partner, Flamita. Uh, you, you may remember from Ring of Honor and a few other places as well. Uh, of course, he, he debuted on um, uh, this show a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And they were taking on resident uh, Glate uh, wrestlers Kazayashi and Sam Watanabe. Nine minutes and 49 seconds. 7.71 from the cage match users. Nothing on this show was lower than 6.5. 6.7. Nothing was lower than 6.7. The whole show got 8.24, which will tell you how good this show was. But this was outstanding work. If you are going to in, 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 uh, ingratiate yourself to a completely new audience, this was exactly what you needed to do. And the boys were on were, were on point with this, weren't they? Yeah, and that's 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 putting it lightly. Like um <laughs> like I like I wanna be like commander for, for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like the, the bandito and commander may be my, my, my newest favorite duo in all of wrestling. Like this was a show. And this is not taking anything away from Yashi and Watanabe, but Flamita came through Gleet and stole the show a few weeks back. A couple of weeks back, we talked about it. And Commodore mm-hmm. did the same thing here. 
um, highlight yep. reel personified maybe the two best moments in a match on the show with um, a freaking tightrope just alley-oop of oneself to the outside, <laughs> landing uh, pitch perfect. And then he did uh, this amazing, uh, into, finished the match with an amazing, like, rope spin, uh, springboard 450, just just a, a absolute thing of beauty. We know what Bandito brings, um, and Hayashi and Watanabe all absolutely brought it, but this was this was the common day show. I Command it, show. so it's, it, it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, definitely. This was this was just so cool to watch. You know, I mean, Wanabe and Kazayashi were working Rudos, if you will, for this particular match. Wanabe spent an awful lot of time being a heel lately. <laughs> He's like the most baby-faced baby face. Or, or we need you to be heel. Oh, all right then. So he'll, he'll do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was really good. Just outstanding work. And you're absolutely right. Commando was just on another planet in this particular match. Um, Bandido, I don't know how many more trips he would be making to Glate, considering he finalized his deal with AEW shortly after this match. So I'm guessing he's more likely to turn up in either DDT or Noah rather than uh, Glate. But then again, you never know. The, the pace that this, the Japanese wrestling industry is moving at the moment is quite remarkable. Did you hear who was announced for the December 31st New Year's Eve show for Noah? Oh, one, uh, the Michael Jackson of New Japan himself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... Be... Yeah, Kiyeji Muta, the great Muta, if you will, will have his final wrestling match at Budokan Hall against Shinsuke Nakamura of the WWE. Which is insane. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's only right. This might have not happened under the old man's outlook, if you will. Um, but it, it speaks to the, the level of respect that and, and, and majesty that KG Moodle has in the industry. I mean, he's pulling he pulled out Sting and now Nakamura. I mean, it's just I mean it's only right, honestly. So that's gonna be brilliant. I'm sure Nakamura is is just geeked in his living room or wherever he is right now. <laughs> and, uh, it's gonna be phenomenal. It's, it's just if you're gonna go out, this is how you do it. Oh yeah, definitely at Budokan, the Budokan Hall as well. You know, the biggest venue Noah will ever run. Um, they did an incredible crowd last year. I'm sure they're gonna do an even bigger crowd this year. So that's gonna be outstanding. Um, uh, <laughs> there's other things to talk about about today's Noah show. I haven't seen today's Noah show because I was watching these shows. But stuff went off at today's Noah show, which which is quite funny, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, but yeah, Commando and Bandido were outstanding. This was this was like the old days of watching Luchadors kind of come in and blow things away. That was another announcement again from New Japan this week. CMLL will return in January for their um, uh, Fantastic Mania tour. It's back on. <laughs> we haven't had a Fantastic Mania tour for three years, um, so. The CMLL wrestlers will be back in uh, Japan for the January tour, which was traditionally when uh, Fantastic Mania happened straight after um, Wrestle Kingdom to give all those storylines a rest and build up some new ones for and some new championship challenges for CMLL, which is really cool. And I've been talking with Chelsea Green, uh, not Chelsea Green, I've been talking with Chelsea Spollen about uh, talking about some CMLL because there was a big women's CMLL show yesterday. 
or the, all of this week, funnily enough, but we think the videos will be available lots later in the month, so me and Chelsea are going to look at that, which will be really, really cool. So everything's happening in the world of wrestling, Marcus. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. I'm like, I got to catch up on, on BFG with Impact. It's a lot going on, man, a lot of things happening. <laughs> a, lot of fun, a lot of fun things happening, though. And, and, and yeah. got a lot of a lot of fun things happening. So. That's the thing. It's like you know, there's a lot of stuff with Punk and things like that. But let's put on some positive swings here. You know, there's some great wrestling matches. Our commander took the win, by the way, with a ridiculous 450 splash on Samoa Watanabe <laughs> in this particular match. Um, yeah. it, it just just on another planet. Um, so yeah, I think Commander has kind of got a very bright future in front of him. I think possibly Bandido, knowing he probably wouldn't be coming back, kind of let Commander um, have the run of the match, if you will, to kind of allowing some establishment. But yes, it was outstanding. Shall we move on, sir? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so next up, we had Czech Shimatani from your uh, bulk orchestra go tagging up with AJPW regular and uh, rising star of the promotion, Jake Lee. They defeated a mixed tag team of Stronghearts, Shima, and 60 Seconds John Tonsho in 12 minutes and 14 seconds. A really good wrestling match. This was a lot of back and forth, but the basic principle was that Shima and John Tonsho were trying to isolate Shimatani because they knew they didn't have a chance when Jake Lee got going. And then unfortunately for them, Jake Lee got going. <laughs> And it kind of ended quickly after that particular note, which is a really cool story to tell when you've got a giant like Jake Lee in the room. And of course, you've got Shimitani, who's a yapping little um, pup of a annoyance, which is just the perfect pair for, for these two, if you're going to bring Jake Lee in for a one-off. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, you're not going to get this match explained much better than what you just did. Um, that's what it was. Um, keep Lee over that. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely like, we don't because it's just you know i mean they, they caught enough hell just trying to knock him off the apron and then he came in and like you said it is it, it it wasn't long funniest part of the match was the uh the elevated high five um <laughs> from shima tommy to lee but uh yeah man shima and tonsho had a time um tonsho is one of my favorites to watch we know shima is 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 an ace but yeah, they got put through the paces here. They can run this one back too, but they're gonna definitely have to come up with a uh, another strategy. Maybe if they make it a, a no DQ, maybe they can uh, <laughs> take the advantage, and they might need that no DQ because uh, uh, Lee is a different beast altogether. Yeah, he is, and again, he's not particularly long in the business, but has kind of oh, it's thirty three years old, so I suppose he's had like twelve years in the business. But compared to an awful lot of people, he's not had a well, you know, compared to Schumer and stuff. He's got a lot of presence. He's got a lot of ability for a big guy. You know, he can move. He's got, he's kind of got that undertaker kind of level of presence to him as far as a worker is concerned. He's not like the undertaker. He does wear black and dark kind of stuff and he's a heel. But, you know, his like presence is kind of on that level of making things move. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it's funny because I, I I saw a lot of shades of people. In. I saw some, I saw some of Taker. I saw some of um, a taller guy like um, why am I blanking on his name? Everybody's gonna die. Um, oh, yeah, one 
Yeah, Lance Archer saw a little bit of hell. I saw a little taste of Fale in there, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's he got a healthy mix of, of a big man you don't want to mess with. <laughs> Indeed, definitely. Uh, but yeah, and it was nice to see an all Japan big name coming in for this particular show as well. So yes, shall we move on? Because there's not an awful lot else to say about that match. <laughs> it was great, but you it's the kind of match where you'll get more out of it from watching it than from us talking about it, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, then. So we had a big grudge match up next. Tetsucha Izuchi went up against Kato Ishida. Ishida has been sticking his oar in on and off with everyone for the last month. And this was his debut match, or certainly a debut at a big show um, for Glate, having come over from Dragon Gate at the beginning of the summer and not wrestled, really. He's just been an aggravation. <laughs> and Izuchi was the person he picked on at the last show so this was a uh, a good way of introducing Ishida and what he's about and they had a barn burner 17 minutes and 36 seconds one of the best matches Glate has put together this year and it really got Ishida over and really showed you what he was capable of and what's going to make him a big threat to everybody on the roster this was really well presented professional wrestling. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Absolutely. It's really not a bad match on this show, man. And and feels like as we come along, stuff is just getting, it's, it's kind of hard to pick. Um, just so much favorite stuff on this show. And this match was one of them. Like you said, he, he came into the, she came into the promotion and picked on uh, Izuchi. And uh, the way this match went, like you, you, it felt like they had been feuding all year. Yeah, and I'm sitting up here like I'm like, okay, how long have these dudes been feuding, and why is there not a title on the line? Because the match was that good. Um, and 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 Tetsuya, the reason why I appreciate this kid so much, he's always fighting like he got something to prove. Mm. Always. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just they could definitely run this one back. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you're not going to get this one back because I think Ishida's going to move on but I would love to see these two go again <laughs> I can very much see Tetsuya starting it up because it's like man you started it with me like I'm I'm, I'm going to finish it some kind of way and let me get my you know get let me run it back one time and see if I can knock you off so yeah but uh, you know Tetsuya was, was peppering them the whole match definitely you know wanted to you know put him away and, and, and with, with emphasis and but uh she did kind of just came back and uh, pulled out the win, but this was a like you said, this was absolute bomb, bomb. This is certainly one of the matches you watch this show for. When you watch this whole show, but certainly this match, uh, this match had a different feel to it. Yeah, the cage match users marked it eight point two four. It was the second highest rated match on the show. And um, but yeah, you're right. There's no there's no slack on this show. It just does not chill at all. And this was just a great example of. That Dragon's Great style match, which obviously Strong Hearts is built on, and so is Ishida, but it there was so much drama to it, you know, and it was it went to the outside at the right times, and there was enough kind of like like you said, the fire from Izuchi is just always there, and it's just great. It's just good wrestling that you need to go see. This could be like one of the best cards we've seen this year, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, like I said, we had stuff to talk about, <laughs> and this was an intriguing one to talk about, certainly. Um, Strong Hearts, Al Lindemann, Issy Unasaka, and T-Hawk 
came up with a very mixed team of Kazuma Sakamoto from Vocal Orchestra, Shigehiro Iri from Strong Hearts, and Tomiaka Honma. That's Tomiaka Honma. Uh, this one all started with an argument between El Lindemann and Tomiaka Honma about who had the best suntan. And it kind of descended into the usual levels of stupidity from there. It was Stronghearts on the phone entertainment street. Sakamoto on his best behavior and trying not to get annoyed with Iri and Honma. <laughs> and Honma and Lindemann going, hey, my tan's better than yours. Which is, and that was really all it was. And then they had a wrestling match, which was loads of fun. Can't really say anything more about it. But it was fun. What did you think of this? No, I mean, this is why I talk about that, that perfect gumbo mix that that bleed has, man. They, they, they peppered us this whole show with greatness in terms of match quality and intensity and all that. And then he kind of give us a bit of a reprieve. A lot of bodies in this match, but this is, you know, one of those glee situations where it's like not necessarily no heroes, no villains. Just kind of sit back and enjoy what's happening. You don't have to really be deep <laughs> delved into the match. There's going to be a lot of chaos going on. There's going to be a lot of talented chaos, but chaos nonetheless. So kind of just sit back and enjoy it for 16 minutes and one second. And that's what I did. I, I, didn't, have to, I didn't have to look at no type of chess. I didn't have to think too deep. Just enjoyed about it. That was flying. Yeah, this was kind of like unplug your brain, <laughs> enjoy the wrestling match. Wrestling, uh, you know. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Now you, you go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was just saying, and I think again, the great booking because they knew if you had to turn your brain off for that you was gonna have to turn it all the way on for the next one because you, you, you it's gonna come out of your head for the next <laughs> one so they, they definitely did that right in terms of buffer because it's like like we got so much great stuff beforehand like to put that many people in the room and then i actually call it that many talented guys in the ring particularly your champion they call it a rest break that's crazy yeah, that's it. It's like, you know, T-Hawk is about as intense a human being you're ever going to come across. And Iri is just so good at everything. And even Sakamoto. Sakamoto is awesome. I love watching Sakamoto, even though he's a heel. even Because he, he, he just knows what to do at the right times and makes everything work. And, you know, there's six people here who can go. Homma is obviously, as we've discussed many times, that's not a particularly nice person. But the actual, he, even though he's lost quite a few steps since he had the big accident, he's actually kind of like got his timing a lot better and he's still entertaining to watch. And he's just the kind of guest you can have on a show like this. And it doesn't really matter to New Japan if he takes a pin even because he's, you know, he's a guy they used to open the show with. But it's, um, you know... There was nice bits between Iri and Sakamoto because obviously they don't like each other. <laughs> but they're having to, oh, God, let's get on with this kind of tag team. So, yeah, it worked really well. And, of course, the ending came down to a miscommunication between Iri and Sakamoto because, of course, it... <laughs> and, again, as we were talking about cage match users, this got 7.57. It was the, one of the highest-rated matches on the show. That shows you how much the, the fans really enjoyed it, just generally speaking. Shall we move on to our main event? Yep. So then, um, this morning we probably should have brought John on for this, but unfortunately he's busy this weekend, so he couldn't come and talk about this. But I know that he enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, this was the main event of Hayati Tamura and Ryuichi Kawakami of Bulk Orchestra 
taking on the founders of Freedoms, Masahishi Takeda and Young Kasai, 21 minutes and 21 seconds of a no disqualification match, which highlighted just how great Kasai and Takeda are at death matches and really how great Tamura and Kawakami were uh, in any environment because they were brilliant in this match. But essentially, the story was the bulk orchestra bit off a bit more than they could chew because there's always one dog that's bigger than you are. Those two dogs are Masashi Takeda and Yunkasai. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Man. <laughs> Backing off what you said, man, there's always a bigger boss. Um, <laughs> it's this match for 21 minutes and 21 seconds, and I was stressed for all of it. Um, we talked about before how Boca Orchestra is like the marquee um, in a lot of ways of, of Glee because they are that, that faction filled with guys who together they are the mountain that most people try to climb but ultimately end up failing because they just are that well organized and thorough in their execution and, and, and uh, what they do in their ring. But this is the one time we talked about it, like you have to come in there more aggressive and just on a different gear. And it's like Kasai and Takeda came in there like two in their prime, but smaller versions, like like two abysses. <laughs> With the level of, of intensity and depravity. Like I like at one point, like I, I turned away for a second, I looked back, I looked back from from one second of turning and both Tamora and Kawayami will bleed. I'm like, what happened? I'm just like, what? Like, this was, like, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. The tables, we know uh, the Japanese tables are hard. I don't know how hard that is. That, that's a completely different thing. And they're going through tables. And then they brought out the sticks in the head. And I'm like, between that and the near falls, I sounded like two JRs in my head. Like, it, like it was nuts. You know, shout out to John. Um, I know he thoroughly enjoyed this match. This this was nuts. At, at, at one point, I was just like, oh, y'all just not going to do pins at all. Like, we just not going to get a winner at all. And eventually we did. And I looked up and I'm like, I'm about to ask James, but I'm pretty sure these two are still the tag champions, right? Uh, the, yeah, well, uh, it's it's Kawakami and um, uh, Chechimitani who are the tag team champions. So Tamora was the former tag team champion and Kawakami is the current tag team champion. Gotcha. So the titles were not on the line in this matchup. So but there's an argument to be said they should be on the line in a matchup at some point because Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know how it's not it's not even often that we talk about Bull uh Orchestra taking the L. So that alone, much less a L to this degree, and they had help around the ring. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was a different. I mean, look, this old show is phenomenal, but for them to close it out like this, like, and we talked about the crowd. The crowd was eating this up. Oh like, yeah, insane. Like, it, like I said, it was like two little abysses going around the ring and enjoying every moment of it. And oh yeah, was, I mean, yeah. If, if you've never watched a Freedom show, and Young Kasai is the owner, and Takeshi both found Takeda, so Takeda founded Freedoms. And it's a deathmatch wrestling company for the sheer love and joy people have for young Kasai is, and Takeda, but certainly Kasai is the big star of the company, is just 
unreal. You know, I have seen him in main event matches and do ungodly things. Um, and death matches aren't necessarily my favorite type of wrestling, but I'll watch Young Cassidy do anything. You know, it's like my one of my favorite mixed gender tag matches of all time was Aja Khan, Minoru Suzuki, and Young Cassidy against three poor sods who got their shit kicked out because <laughs> they did <laughs> you know it's like oh my god here is the god of pro wrestling and the goddess of pro wrestling and the god of hardcore and it, it was insane to watch and they didn't break that many rules either <laughs> but oh. you know and in this match, they didn't break that many rules. It's a no-disqualification match, but they didn't break the rules. They stayed within the ring for most of the match as well. Yeah, which is very much appreciated. It, it was very much a, a kind of in-line DQ match. Like I said, they had tables. Um, that ball right back got earned his check. Um, <laughs> and, and just like like I said, the, 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 uh, the chairs, obviously, but those, those the, the spikes at the end was just... It was not, and like I said, it's rare that we see Walker Orchestra in over their heads um, on the back foot and taking the L out at the same time. It was just, yeah, yeah, it was insane. It's it's just brutal. Arguably the best tag match we've seen all year from any company. Um, and, it, you know, Takeda's a great technical wrestler as well, you know, and he showed that off in this match. And Kasai can fly, you know, I, I think... You know, he's got that kind of just that level of intensity. Both of them have. They're such good draws as well. And yeah, it just, it was just, uh, it was just something else, this match. Because you don't, you didn't expect Glate to do this match. You know, you could see even New Japan occasionally letting this fly. And they don't mind their wrestlers appearing in this match. One of the hottest matches of this year was Young Kasai versus Desperado in a rematch from a couple of years ago. They had their first match on a, um, a Tai Chi and um, Takamichi Noku show, which was where Desperado broke his draw and then took a year off, came back and became the big draw that he is. And they had their rematch earlier this summer. And it, they ended up a mess. <laughs> they were, it was seriously a mess. But it was one of the... Um, it was one of the best matches of this year and ended with a, an incredibly hard-felt promo from Young Kasai where his Desperado said he'd rather die than lose to Young Kasai. And Kasai replied when Desperado beaten him, said, you shouldn't wish to die because you'll be greater than any of us. And it was like, I still get goosebumps thinking about it now because Kasai believes Desperado will be the greatest junior heavyweight I've seen. And, and it's like, well, I do too. <laughs> Kasai's just insane. He's just, his wrestling IQ, his his presence, and I don't mean to do down Takeda, because Takeda's just just on a different planet. You know, he's a shooter who wrestles in the deathmatch promotion and just does it as about as good as anybody else. And then you look at Tamura and Kawakami, and this is not their wheelhouse at all, and they just took it to them as best as they possibly could. Or And then you get into those near falls at the end, and it was so dramatic. This is as good as wrestling gets. I don't care if you don't like deathmatch wrestling. You still need to watch this match just to show how good wrestling can be. Yeah, and and, and I think the the to your point, the the icing on top was the great camera angles because you didn't mm-hmm. 
with, with the near fall because it was just like they have it on the, the near fall and then all of a sudden out of the corner. Ah. <laughs> it was it, it was insane. It didn't it didn't ruin it because a wide shot would have messed it up because you would anticipate it. But it was just it built the tension and the drama of it all. And you just didn't know not only how it was going to end, but if it was going to end, because I think even vocal orchestra at ringside was getting exhausted like Jesus. Oh yeah, I mean, and even even Strong Hearts and Sixty Seconds came out to support vocal orchestra because they thought it was a bit much. <laughs> like, why well, you can't do that? Those are our lads. No, 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 stop. But yeah, no, this was oh, it's just phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. It's it's emotional, and it's it's a cold match. There was no real promotion for it. It's not like Cassidy and Takeda came in and did a bunch of promos on it, is it? They just turned up and had a wrestling match. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that again speaks to the to the uh, potency of, of vocal orchestra because it's like you can beat us up, but they really had that attitude of y'all can beat us all the hell, but you're not gonna beat us. Like yeah. you're gonna have to kill us to beat us. Like we're not we built from a different elk. We might not even be the tag champs in the faction, but everything in this faction is 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 like a big oak you got to knock down. And yeah, they they hit them with every possible axe they could. So. Yeah, um, this is another one of those instances where I'd be like, you know, they could run it back, but I don't know if I could take it. I don't know if I could take it. It's not too many times I find myself feeling that bad for Boca Orchestra, and the next time I don't know if they're going to make it out. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, this was this was, this was was nuts. And it wasn't a title match. It wasn't. No. A, these aren't, this isn't a show filled with title matches. And it was, for, it was one, probably one of the best shows they put on all year. So, yeah. No, absolutely. This is just phenomenal. But we must move on because we've got another show to look at. We spent 45 minutes on this one. So next is version 36. We're back into regular universe. <laughs> Glade, we haven't taken a break from reality. Um, we're back on the show. The show opens with Bork Orchestra giving a promo to announce that they have uh, taken up Kaito Ishida as the latest member of Bulk Orchestra, who looks thoroughly disappointed with that particular development as he turns up and he's like, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on Ishida joining Bulk Orchestra? Because he's not very bulky, is he? No, no, and that might have that might have aided in him being depressed. Like how much? lifting my uncle have to do now because this is <laughs> these guys like uh, feel like they're naturally thick and they kind of just put muscle on top of it but uh we'll see it, it certainly it certainly um throws an interesting uh mix in there you know it does strike me as a bit kent joining bullet club because well all right i'm a bad guy so i should <laughs> rather than like any particular will to join bullet club uh, yeah. but yeah yeah, it's uh, it's intriguing, and we'll see how it develops. And they also were, of course, promoting the main event, which would feature uh, Keita Ishida and Rachel Kawakami against El Lindemann and Ice Issei Onosaka. But let's go back to the beginning of the opening match, which featured another mixed tag match, a somewhat an army of the great regular army, and Shigehiro Iri took on Kiyuchi Sato and Oji Shiabi of 60 seconds in a fun little opener, which kind of got things back on the straight and narrow what... Uh, late do well when they haven't got all the guests and this was very very good um just absolute blast from kind of lucha japanese lucha style wrestling match because they were all junior heavyweights 
I know Iri isn't really a junior heavyweight, but he wrestles like a junior heavyweight. And Watanabe is kind of on the heavy side for a junior heavyweight, but it's that kind of lucha Japanese aerial tradition. What did you think of this one, Marcus? No, like you said, it's kind of slowed down. This this was kind of like the pace we needed coming off that versus show. Um, yeah. And this, I, th- I thought this this opening match, they usually, the opening matches usually don't go uh, as long as this one did, but it, because it was a tag, because of the names involved, they kind of let it run a little bit. Um, and this was another one where, again, um, Eerie just, I mean, you just, you never tire watching this guy. Absolute stud in every sense of the word. And he put Sato through it. <laughs> Um, both guys really, but yeah, at the end he was just, at the end he was on cruise control. Um, and there's not much you can do against Erie when he's in that, in that shape, but this was a good, a good, good solid open all around. Uh, 60 seconds, always fun to watch. Those are more so smaller guys that move around and, and get things moving. And, uh, like you said, Erie is, you know, heavyweight that moves like a cruiserweight, um, which is mind boggling, but yeah, definitely a fun opener. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oji Shiba is being promoted as a member of 60 Seconds. I'm thinking he was fairly new because he's only had five matches in Glate. So he's, they were also trying to like promote him. But obviously, as he was on the losing end, it was probably not the best way of promoting him as a member of 60 Seconds. But there we go. Uh, things are moving fast. Next up, we had a singles match. T-Hawk defeated John Toncho in seven minutes and 25 seconds. Toncho, leader of 60 Seconds. Uh, T-Hawk obviously kind of third in command of strong hearts, but he's kind of like, he's the aggressive one. He's the one that's kind of intense and takes on the singles matches more so than even Shima or El Lindemann do. Um, and, you know, he still has that open challenge to the entire New Japan locker room and no one's taken off an offer up, offer up on it yet. So you could say that people are scared of him. Which I think was probably a bit much. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but this was good. I enjoyed this. It was a nice little singles match, but it kind of showed up Toncho's flaws, I think, is the issue with this match in the story sense, not in the sense that Toncho's flawed. He's young, but he's not flawed. He's a very good wrestler. But he's over-enthusiastic and t took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, okay, he back. He cut out for a second. But yeah, um Tonsho and, and Tetsuya are two of my favorites to watch. Two young, hungry guys, maybe going about in a different way, but they both just fun to watch. Yeah, but T Hawk was just like, Look, man, you're not better than me in this match. Um, <laughs> and I think, because they ended in a submission, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave him like a half crab from hell. I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, T Hawk was not playing with this kid, man. Tonsil is not to be played with either, but the T Hawk, like, we put that half crap on it and they and they kept rotating. I'm like, yo, yeah, I would have been tapping in seconds too. Ain't no shame um, with what he did uh, taking that L. They could they could definitely run that back, but I'm going to need Tonsil to kind of, and this, the way they was going at it, it almost felt like this could have been a UWF rules match. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were the ropes a fair bit in the beginning, but then after that, they just kind of settled down into a kind of strike and submission kind of match, which is a bit different for both of them, really, because they're both normally so animated in what they do. But T Hawk isn't as aerial as the other members of Strong Hearts, I don't think. I think he's kind of more grounded and more ground and pound kind of wrestler, which, because he's the heavyweight, really, of the group in a traditional heavyweight sense. You know, Lindemann is definitely a junior. Shima is kind of on the borderline between junior and heavyweight, but T Hawk is definitely a heavyweight. Here is kind of a junior because of his height more than anything else, really. 
So yeah, it's always intriguing to see how 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 they wrestle and the different styles that they have. Should we yeah. move on to the next match? Sure. Let's do it. We're back on to our UWFI rules, which of course is kind of our favorite rule set, I think. <laughs> and uh, we had Sichiro Ikimoto, who we've seen before. He came back in and he tagged up with Tessa Uzuchi, uh, who of course had that great match in the previous show. They were going up against Yuiska and Minoru Tanaka. We're a big fan of Minoru Tanaka, obviously, because he's a living legend. But I'm also a big fan of Yuiska. He is, you know, he had to, he had all of those matches with Ito, which we both loved. Um, and uh, is now kind of moving on, but he's a regular army member. He's got no faction, so him and Tanaka have been tagging together. And this was a really nice little wrestling match, 9.43. This one didn't get as much love from the cage match users. No one's rated any of the matches. I think it's basically just because it didn't get, oh, the show show got two ratings of seven, which I think is fair enough. But I think it's possibly because it's just not as been well publicized as the show that had the big stars on it, for those obvious reasons. But yeah, this was a really solid, particularly good wrestling match. We're not used to seeing Izuchi in the shoot environment, so it was interesting to see how he approached it. But he's actually pretty handy. What do you think of this one, Marcus? This was another phone. I like watching these. Uh, making a tag variation is kind of elevated it for me because it's interesting. Like I said, you don't not run an interference like you would in a regular tag match. Like, obviously, if you kind of get in over your head, you kind of back in your corner and kind of tag out. But essentially, you kind of get get promoted to kind of handle your business with whoever you're going at, at it with in the ring. So this was, you know, I think a great test. Obviously, like I said, like watching Tetsuya, um, Tanaka. Tanaka, we know, is a, is a stud, specifically in these matches. Um, it pays to stay hydrated, people, as, you, as uh, Tanaka always promotes. Um, H2O, of course, and uh, yeah, man, you, you, man, you just got put down. Um, and like I said, these matches are always tough to watch because it's the sometimes you get peppered, sometimes you just get hit with one shot and it's a wrap. And uh, you know, God bless him, but he couldn't. It just it was it was a wrap uh, for poor you. But hopefully, uh, we maybe get this in a in a singles variation coming up and maybe he could get some revenge in that way but uh this was definitely this was definitely a fun one but these these matches always along for a short time and uh you know not a long time but a good time so that nine minutes and four or three seconds hit about right and um yeah this was uh this was it was tough at the end because like i said some of those shots it's like there's no way even if i could get up that i would because it was just it was it, <laughs> it was like that yeah yeah, definitely. Ikimoto as well does have a fair time on him. He's kind of getting into a Linderman territory. Maybe that's how they started booking him. They ran into him in the same tanning pile. I don't know. Uh, but Ikimoto was great in this match too. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Iska was, was trying really hard. He is really, really good, but it was going to be him on the losing end, given the talent that's in that particular ring. Uh, the man most likely, if you will. Uh, should we move on to the next match, sir? Let's do it. Now uh, we have more UWFI rules as Miko Iwati defeated Maya Fukuda uh, in a singles match from a rematch from the tag match from the previous uh, show. And this was a kind of a good pairing to put together. Fukuda, obviously, as we've been talking about, they're trying to build up as this hot young baby face who's fighting from underneath. And um, Iwata, of course, they have history. And again, I'm, I've just like moved it forward as I'm viewing it. And Iwata has got that grovet in deep. 
<laughs> it's like she's trying to tear her head off. Um, and it, it's just excellent catches, catch can wrestling for both of them. The match ends up in strikes, and again, uh, Fukuda takes a knockout, which is a dubious knockout. Arguably, they could have kept going. In fact, Iwata helped her up and you know suggested that she could get could keep going. Um, but these were both of these matches they had over these two shows ended in referee's decision. Um, but again, seven minutes and two seconds, and they were off full bore. This was actually stiffer than the tag team match we've just watched, a lot stiffer. But again, they're trying to get Fukuda over, and she's going to have to take some hammerings to make that work, fortunately for her. But she seems to be getting an awful lot more grace and pace and making things work in her favour as far as entertaining wrestling is concerned. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No, man, I'm like I said, I'm fully here to champion Fukuda, man. Uh, can't wait till she eventually gets that big win. It was nice to see her get this one-on-one shot against Iwata, but coming out of that tag match, you kind of knew the fix was in. Because, um, <laughs> like I said, you you saw that tag match. Iwata's on another level. She so much reminds me of when I first saw um, Yagi because she would just stand there kind of in like an ogre stance, just taking shots and egging up on it on. And God bless Fukuda. Like I said, what she lacks in size and, and power, she makes up for in spirit and determination. But her strikes just, you know, they, they, she was prepping her with her, man, but it just it didn't necessarily have the oomph that it needed. Um, and she caught her one good time, but it didn't. Um, it kind of staggered her and put her on her knee. It didn't, it didn't, didn't have that knockout power that she needed. And she could have caught her with a submission, but I don't know if she could have got her down for it. Like, Wada just got this stance. Like it's like I said, it's kind of haunting a little bit. So um, it's, it's that Satomura thing of just yeah, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but like I said, Fukuda is she got that spirit and she didn't want to give up, and it kind of threw me off uh, when it first happened. I was like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Because she, you know, when the referee just called it, I'm like, whoa, she didn't, she's up, like let her go. But yeah, you know, I, 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 back. yeah. I think it's because Iwata like moved into when she got to eight, because it's obviously a standing eight count, she thought the eight count was good, would stand. Well, the referee wanted to keep counting because she wasn't sure that it was safe. And it was kind of a bit of an odd finish, clean cut as it could have been. But you're absolutely right. But this, interestingly, this is the first point Fukuda has won. You know, knocking Iwata off her feet and for a knockdown, that's the first point she's won as a wrestler in uh, Glate, which has got to be... A major event, and we've built up to it. You know, she's getting better. She can score points against much better opposition now, which is not something she's done before, is it? No, and it's phenomenal because it always comes. Like I said, she she does this thing, man. Where she she's so great to fun to watch off her back foot because she'll be it'll be like five to two, and she'll just come back with this explosive flurry, and then get fired up from there, um, and, and try to work it from there. Sometimes it looks like it's heading in that direction, but Again, you know, it's it's unique watching these UWF rules because that time will run out and you could just lose being down on points. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's it's always a, a kind of a double thing in your head. You're trying to knock out. You're trying to not get knocked out. You're probably standing up and trying to shake off some of the, the previous almost knockouts. So it's a, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of mental chess going on. But, uh, yeah, like you said, building up to that, to that uh that first point specifically against somebody like Awada, it's it's big. But like I said, I think they're they're slow burning it with Fukuda, and I'm I'm looking forward to when she finally gets that coveted win. All right, then next we had a single match: Tetsuya Uzuchi pulling double duty as he took on Quiet Storm 
four minutes and 54 seconds, and he gets the win over Quiet Storm in actually a real barnstormer of a match to the point where he offered to shake Quiet Storm's hand. Quiet Storm was not into it and uh, clotheslined him for his pleasure. Um, but I think we might be telling a little bit of a face turn story with Quiet Storm because he is really popular amongst Japanese fans. And when he wrestled in Noah, he was always a baby face. So it intrigued me that they brought him in as a heel uh, in this particular promotion. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was a good wrestling match. It was really solid. You kind of see how good Quiet Storm is in this kind of match because we haven't seen him in too many singles matches. He's normally been in tags. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. What do you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, Tetsuya is one of my favorites to watch and he's another one that, that is, is fun to watch. Uh, whether he's the aggressor coming off the back foot and obviously against somebody from uh, Volk Orchestra, you go be probably primarily fighting on the back foot, specifically against somebody like Storm. So, yeah, like you said, absolute bond burner. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, whether you fighting Volk Orchestra in a singles on a tag, it's always a climb. So it's a climb. And <laughs> he, he, he he yeeked out with a very believable win in a pinning situation, and Storm was pissed, particularly because you know that group, if they're going to go down, like, give me the three-second tan, not to, not this, you know, inside a cradle mess, which contributed to the, I'm not shaking your hand, that wasn't no win, you didn't beat me, you won the match, but you didn't beat me, so, you know. Um, very much had that energy, but yeah, I could absolutely see Quiet Storm. He looks cool. He wrestles cool. It, it's kind of hard when you're a villain, but you're also that cool at the same time. So, but uh, that speaks to a lot of vocal chemistry in general. Like you said, um, watching somebody like you know, uh, Seema Tommy and some of those other guys, it, it's just hard to not like them just off, just off how they look alone. You know, so yeah, exactly. They've got all got presence. That's the thing. Um, and that's it. I think that's what makes them, they kind of makes them lovable heels. They're not cool heels. They're just kind of like lovable goose. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like they're, you know, like, I can put this, like Jay White's a cool heel. You know, people follow Jay White because he's cool and he walks cool yeah. and he acts cool. These guys are not cool. They're goofy. But people like them because they're goofy. Um, well, they're bad guys. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, should we move on? Mm-hmm. So, color counts Satsuma and Kazayashi tagged up with Michio Miyagi in a mixed tag against Goku Orchestra's Chek Shimatani, Raichi Kawakami, and coming out of Diana, the living legend that is Kyoko in a way, who was actually main event in Yokohama Arena before her tag team partners were born. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. It was one of those kind of matches. This was a ton of fun. And it was nice to see in a way in uh, Glate. Um, I do like Kyoko in a way. I think a lot of the time, though, I've, I've kind of like, I haven't said gone against her in the past. I like her because she's a lot of fun to watch. But I think like when she was at her absolute peak, this was also the peak of Akira Hokuto and Minami Toyota and all of these other wrestlers. So I think I enjoyed them more, which made me unfair of me to like, you know, say that Kyoko Inoue isn't as good as them. She isn't as good as them. That doesn't mean she's not entertaining. She's not a great, great wrestler. And like I said, she headlined Yokohama Arena with Bull Nakano against Aja Kong and Bison Kimura in a hair versus hair cage death match in 1992 when 
their tag team partners hadn't been born then. <laughs> well, they may have been born. Owl Shimitani. Shimitani, no, Shimitani hadn't been born. And um, Kawakami. Oh, Kawakami was two. Three. So, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, what did you think of this one, Marcus? No, this was a fun. This was fun having the the, the two uh, women involved. And also, this was my introduction, if you will, to Kyoko, and and she's hoss. She fits. I mean, I see why she got rightfully paired with Boku Kestra. She kind of got that size, that that look to her, that that demeanor. Like you said, not maybe not necessarily in her prime, but she could go. And um, it's not too many people we see, um, do those uh, what does uh, uh, Mongolian chops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, those are always <laughs> fun to watch and, and, and cool, specifically when we see, get them from the women. So it was cool seeing the, the girls mixed up in there, man, and, and going, going back with the fellas. And, you know, Kyoko kind of felt like she was being a ring general at times. And, and obviously Miyagi was just, you know, uh, catching her highlights when she could. And it was just a fun watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This was never meant to be like a serious, serious wrestling match, but it was a lot of fun. And intriguingly, Miyagi, who we have documented, has lost so many times this year, got the pinfall victory, not over Kyoku anyway, but against Czech Shimitani. She pinned the guy in this particular match with a roll-up, uh, well, a small package, 13 minutes and 35 seconds. This was a ton of fun to watch. There was a lot of shenanigans, as you'd imagine, because it's Strong Hearts versus uh, Bulk Orchestra, basically. <laughs> basically what it is. And yeah, but no, this was a blast. This is so much fun to watch. And, you know, and this is the kind of thing in a way excels at. She's been in these, you know, but if you think back, I can't remember how many six-man tags she's been in, but even think back when she was a rookie in AJW, and that's all they did for about two years. So she's kind of got this entire process down to a fine art at this point. And of course, you know, it's 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 Kazayashi and Sima who are awesome workers. And Shimitani and Kawakami, who were also awesome workers. So 30 minutes, 35 seconds of pure wrestling joy. Nothing particularly serious, but everyone was having fun. Yep. Yeah. And then we get to the well, slightly more serious business, but not sort of not too much more serious business. A strong hearts, Al Lindemann and IAC Onatsaka losing to Keito Ishida and Raichi Kawakami. 16 minutes of a solid professional wrestling match, which really was worthy of main event status. Though this match was more about what will happen next than what's happening now. It was a back and forth uh, affair in the kind of classically main event style. But the real issue is Ishida taking the win over Onatsaka with that glorious um, half-and-half German suplex of his. Um, but more to the point, kind of doing it against the run of play and really, in despite Kawakami, instead of um, with Kawakami, if that makes sense. So it does kind of like hint at the fact that he might not be in Bulk Orchestra for that long. <laughs> and it certainly hints at the fact that he's going to have a single match, certainly with Onisaka, leading to a match with El Lindemann, which they are slow burning to at a very steady pace. But it is intriguing that he's kind of in Lindemann's orbit already. What's your thoughts on this one? You know, after that verse, you show nothing, nothing feels like uh, glee proper than a, than a, 
the main event of Bogo Kestra versus Stronghearts two on two. Um, yeah, uh, and no, it was just another fun watch. Like you said, this was a good, uh, I guess, test run from the, for them with with Ishida. And like you said, uh, when you when you look, you and Bogo Kestra, you kind of got to you got to be all in on committing. Like obviously these guys are dangerous, but like you said, also clowns. Um, in that regard, and and she is and she is a, is a unique one, but I don't know if he necessarily fits the mold mode like we were talking about earlier of orchestra. And, uh, so like you said, we'll see how long that lasts. And, and Linderman and Issei, you know, never get tired of seeing those two. And this was a fun one, 16 minutes of uh, good stuff. And like you said, um, usually in a lot of these situations, which is even more good, proper book orchestra walk away with the win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then like you said, what it was the sheeter that got the pin. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll be on the lookout for that that young young gun against uh potentially another opponent for uh, for L. Linderman, which he's he's had numerous of. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But like I said, proper Glee main event, you know, never never nothing to not look at. Yeah, definitely, it's just high speed, big large wrestling. It, it's. I think this is why we love Glate so much. We know what to expect, and they always deliver. This is kind of like in the territory we were looking at New Japan in around about 2016, 2017, when Kenny Omega and Ibushi and Tanahashi and um, Okada were all firing on all cylinders, and we all knew what to expect, and they delivered every time. And there's a much smaller scale, but it's doing the same things. You know, Ishida's come in, we kind of know what he's about, and they've told this story of this badass that's floating back into the company to sell some stores from Dragon Gate. And that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be anything more complicated than that, does it? No, like I, I was saying before we talked about this match, I'm like, nothing's more proper than a, than a, a main event uh, for Glee than Stronghearts and Orchestra. Like, it's, you know, nothing more is like, I guess, familiar or normal in New Japan, like a, like a you know, Tokyo Dome main event between Tanahashi and Okada. Like you've yeah. seen, you've seen it, but you never get tired of watching it because it's you know even <laughs> you know it's 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 classic predictability, um, but 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 top tier. You know, even if the guy's not in their prime, you know you still finna get, you know, an absolute like you said, bang a barn burner and what have you. So having that level of consistency, particularly with these guys, and it's even more impressive in Glee because so many of these guys are young. You know, mm-hmm. and they're getting the feet up under them and they're building their name to to get in those L. Linderman spots. And we can name off from Ito, um, like I said, uh, Tonsho, Tetsuya, you know, Naishida, other other names, you know. So it's, you know, they can easily put Erie in that spot. You know, they, they don't have multiple guys from Boko Kestra, potentially. They don't have... Uh, you know, guys that, that couldn't be top guys. It's just in, in how they build them. So they got a lot of good calls to play. And I uh, just like how they're, they're, you know, spreading that deck, you know? I think that's the thing as well. It's like the, the, the depth that they have as well helps with the fact that they're, um, I put this, it's because people have come from so many different areas. Obviously, Strong Hearts have come from Dragon Gate or OEW or AW, wherever they've been before. But also, you look at all the guys that are coming from Wrestle 1 who were trained by Muta or were trained by the old All Japan guys. And you've got a couple of guys from All Japan, a couple of freelancers. It's not, it's kind of closer to 
when um, SWS started in the late 90s, where you got a bunch of guys who were like bored with New Japan, you got a bunch of guys who were bored with All Japan, they figured they had time to go somewhere else, so they went somewhere else, and they started a third major. And this isn't as anywhere near as that, because they haven't got that amount of money behind them. But they're kind of like building this company organically, and we see that the shows get bigger every time we go and watch the videos, and they're sellouts every time, and they're making money, and they're consistently putting shows on. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, they are overstretching themselves, but they are doing bigger and bigger things. Absolutely. Like I say, even as, you know, like I said, for anybody listening, if you're an American fan and you don't, you know, if you watch a new Japan, you could easily watch Glee, you know, because, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on in New Japan at any one given time. And, you know, that's just what the normal, the normal stuff that you get consistent. And now, you know, they're expanding so much and that's great to see. We've been talking about that for years, and they actually doing it and succeeding at doing it. Um, but Glee is kind of more, more intimate, more you know, downsized. And like I said, that's not a bad thing. It's consistent. They know what they have. They know what they need to do. What they have, and they execute accordingly. And uh, it's just great to watch. And even we, with the added commentary, I don't even necessarily need it. I turn it on sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just have. I just make out my own commentary, which is even better. <laughs> You know, specifically with the UWF matches, because uh, sometimes you know I could you know go you know full JR on the bowling shoe ugly of it all, uh, <laughs> or, or, or sound off like he used to do in the '90s when he was just you know felt like he had like a eternal grudge since childhood with Triple H. You know, when you look at something like that 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 hardcore match with the with the spikes and whatnot. So, or no DQ match, I should say. So, it's uh. It's just great all around, man. This is just quality, consistent stuff, man. I'm glad we uh we get to cover it. I'm glad they they put it out. And I I can also appreciate as much time as it takes to get through them. I can appreciate doubling up on these shows because maybe if you know you get one like versus, um, you know one might be more a mild show and then the next one be elevated or vice versa. But it's all consistent across the board, which you can't necessarily say about a lot of companies. You know, oh, that's it. I mean, that's it. They are consistently delivering what they said they're going to do, and that's that's great. And it's all across the board with the whole company. Everyone's pulling in the same direction, which again, as we know, isn't the easiest of things to do, especially with a company that's got a lot of big names in it. But there we are, and that kind of ends up the, our show for today. We do go on about Glee an awful lot, but it's just the best wrestling there is at the minute for us, as far as we're concerned. It's If you like old school wrestling, they've got plenty of that. If you like Shoot Fire, they've got plenty of that. If you like Joshi, they've got plenty of that. If you like storylines, there's plenty of storylines. It's just solid wrestling doing cool stuff in a very simple way. Um, we're going to call it for today. Marcus, where can we find you on the internet, sir? Yes, sir. I'm always able to be found on Twitter at ParadoxKid. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. Always down the chat. And you can find me on Twitter at Sherry Flanstar. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter. And you can find us on Patreon and Facebook, where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. We'll be back next week. Not sure what we're looking at, but there was that big Noah show we need probably need to look at today as there was a load of stuff happened on that. Um... There is quite a bit going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. There was a good TGPW show today. There's just always good stuff. <laughs> For a tip, if you want some more wrestling stuff, 
I believe Wrestle Universe is free for the whole of November. So you can go and get that. Or it may be our own deal at the moment. I know I got charged 900 yen this morning for my Wrestle Universe subscription. So if you want to go have a look at that, that's cool. And a lot of the shows on Wrestle Universe have English commentary on them. All the Noah shows have Stu and Mark doing commentary. And the DDT shows have Alan Becky and uh, Chris Brooks doing commentary on them as well. And some of the TJPW shows as well. So if you one of these people that can't watch wrestling without commentary, Matt Roberts, I'm looking at you. Uh, and they're the companies that I look at. Um, and of course, the New Japan World, which we always publicise because there's some cool stuff going on there. But there's loads of good wrestling about. Go enjoy some. And we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye.